Good job, man. How's everybody doing? That, are you doing good for real? Because that was pretty weak. Are you guys alive in the house? Are you excited to be here? That's good. I think it's just me. <laughs> hey, I just want to thank, uh, just a quick shout out to everybody that's part of Set Up in the Morning. Um, it takes so much. Yeah, yeah. It takes so much to, uh, to make sure the breezeway is set up, the stage is set up, all the screens and everything. And, you know, um, I just love who I get to work with on Sunday mornings. Uh, it's, it's really fun. It's, what a, it's a community, and it's a family, and we have a good time doing it. So um, thank you, guys. Wasn't Joe Rhodes' word last week amazing? It was, I mean, I felt the presence of God. I was sitting right there, and I felt the presence of God the whole time. And, and the, the spirit that's on that man and his delivery, the genuine heart that he has was uh, it's just unbelievable. It was so amazing, and I had to make sure that I told him. So if you were here... Uh, you had a chance to experience that. If you weren't, go back and check it out. It's online. Um, let's get started here. Uh, Jesus is our model. And the life that he lived on earth in its various stages, he experienced in some way that we, we must experience as well. Now, we're not going to go through the same exact experiences as, as Christ, right? But whatever it might be, whatever you've gone through, God is using it and can use it to shape you into the likeness of His Son. Amen? He is fully of, he's fully God, but He was also fully man. And as a man, he had, to, he had to experience humanity so that He could understand us and understand what it means to be in weakness, right? And not only that, as a human, as a man... He needed to grow into who he was as the Son of God, right? Just like we have to grow into who we were created to be. Hebrews 5, 8 in the message says, Though he was God's Son, he learned trusting obedience by what he suffered, just as we do. Then having arrived at the full stature of his maturity, having been announced by God as high priest in order of Melchizedek, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who believingly obey him. I love that translation. So Jesus demonstrated that true success in this life is obedience to God. I'll say that again so that it, that it hits home. True success in your life is obedience to God. Amen? Amen? So if we are to grow in Christ-likeness and be successful and what God has called us to do, and who He's called us to be, we must be obedient. Say obedience. Obedient. Even when we don't have the full understanding. Even when we don't have the whole picture. And even in the midst of our weaknesses, we have to choose to be obedient. So, today we're jumping back into our series on uh, the life of Jesus. And we're going to look at one of my favorite sections of the gospel, um, and the reason why it's my favorite is because it points not only to identity, but it exposes the enemy's strategy, right? It also, not only that, it gives us a strategy on how to fight back the enemy. And on a, on a, on a bigger picture, it gives us a perspective on how we should view trials and tribulations in our life, or even 
what the title of the sermon is, Into the Desert Led by the Spirit. Into the Desert Led by the Spirit. So if you find yourself facing a trial, if you find yourself in a desert, we're going to look at a section of Scripture that's going to be an encouragement for you. Are you ready? Let's pray. Lord, it's not about me today. It's about you. And I surrender to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We are, we are open. Our hearts are open. We are surrendered. We come humble, humbly before you. And I pray that you would move in our midst. Touch hearts today. Encourage your people and give them strength in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. So being led by the Spirit. Uh, I'm not sure when I realized that I had this particular belief just about this, this part. But I believe that if I was led by the Spirit, that I, I wouldn't, He would lead me away from difficulty. He would, I wouldn't experience um, pain. I wouldn't experience anxiety or fear or anything like that. It, you know, it was subconscious, but I really did discover that. I'm all like, oh, I feel like I'm missing the mark because I'm feeling fearful about something. Or I'm having a battle with anxiety or, or, or something like that. But in a lot of ways, the Spirit, when He leads us, He'll keep you from harm, right? The Lord encamps around those who fear Him and delivers them. You know, He's our refuge. He's our fortress. All that. Great. But sometimes, the Spirit will lead you right into the things that you're trying to avoid. And that is beyond your comfort zone, right? He'll lead you into difficult situations that are challenging, that will challenge your patience, your faith. And sometimes it'll be painful. But... The ultimate goal is God, His perfect will, right? It's good. His will is good, pleasing, and perfect. So, we have to believe exactly what we were singing. He works out all things, say all things, for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purposes, right? Are you called? According to His purposes? Yes. Do you love Him? Yes. Do you want to be led by the Spirit? Yes. Well, I've got some good news for you. Romans 8.14 says, Those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God and daughters of God. So, you've come to the right place, my friends. <laughs> Turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. <clears throat> and we'll read together. Then Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. He ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. So there's a lot to unpack there, but I want to first start with the number there, 40, 40 days. It's an interesting number because in the Bible, the number 40 represents testing and preparation Remember Moses? He was in Egypt 40 years, and then he fled to the wilderness after murdering the Egyptian to save an Israelite, and he was in the desert for 40 years. Then he got called by God to set the Israelites free, and they were in the wilderness because of grumbling for 40 years. He was on the mountain of Sinai getting the law 40 days. Jesus here, this number tells us that the temptation that he would experience over the next 40 days had a purpose in God's ultimate plan. 
It was a time of testing and preparation. And when he was ready, when he passed the test, he would be equipped to do what God called him to do. And the same goes for us too. I had a revelation when I was typing this out. The time of testing and preparation is not only so God could do something in your heart. He's also preparing the circumstances ahead of time. Right? The Word says that He goes before you and He levels the mountains. He makes the rough places smooth. He prepares the way, right? But you got to be in obedience, folks, right? The other interesting thing about this is that being led into the wilderness to be tempted is right before this. Jesus had the most amazing supernatural encounter of affirmation. It was, it was in Luke chapter 3. Let's read that. Luke 3, verse 21 and 22. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son, and you I am well pleased. So picture that moment in your mind, right? Everyone's going down to the river to be baptized. And then the sky gets ripped open, light floods in, the Holy Spirit comes down and rests upon Christ, fills him up. And then the voice that created it all, the voice of the Father, affirms him and says, You are my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased. Can you imagine hearing that? <laughs> I think that's just so amazing. So having that experience, why is it that this temptation comes almost immediately? Right? He had an amazing experience. Well, I think that the devil sees this as an opportunity to steal away what Christ received. And how often do you, if you've been in church for some time, have had an encounter with God, got a prophetic word, received a gift of tongues, got a healing, answered a prayer, whatever it might be, only hours later, or even days, something hits the fan, you know, and your joy is robbed. Your faith is rocked. You start doubting that. Voices in your head saying, yeah, you weren't, you weren't speaking in tongues. You were just given into emotional hype. You know, that wasn't a prophetic word. He could have said that to anybody. It was kind of a general prophetic word. Eh, that wasn't real. If you were a real Christian, blah, 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 blah. All the things that the enemy says to sow seeds of doubt. You guys still with me? Okay. That's the enemy's mode of action, though. He's a thief. He's a liar. His M.O. is to steal, kill, and destroy. Mark 4, 15 says, The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message, hear the word from God or the word of God, only to have Satan come at once and take it away. Right? So how does he oppose Jesus? Remember, Jesus had eaten nothing and we, we just read it. He had eaten nothing for 40 days, and so he was hungry. Jesus was weak, and he was vulnerable, and this was the moment the enemy chose to challenge the very word the Father spoke over him. And that leads us to our first point. If you're led by the Spirit, expect opposition from the enemy. I'll say that again. If you are led by the Spirit, expect opposition from the enemy. 
Because if you expect it, you're not going to be surprised by it when it happens, and you won't start blaming God for, why aren't you answering me? He's like, hold on, I'm with you. So the first temptation, this is how he opposes Jesus. Notices that he's hungry. Then the devil said to him, this is Luke 4, 3, the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. Right? After 40 days, I don't know about you, I probably wouldn't still be here. (laughs) But Jesus had to have been hungry, vulnerable, weak. And so the enemy's like, all right, I got him. He's got all this power if he's the son of God. Turn this stone into bread. But, say but, (laughs) the very foundation of Jesus' life and ministry was his identity as the Son of God. And so holding on to that truth and being obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit, Jesus was able to stand firm on God's word spoken over him against the enemy. Amen? Amen. And this is how he responds. I'm going to use Matthew 4 because I love this part. He says, no. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's what he was living on for those 40 days. So there's a key principle here that I don't want us to to run away from. This temptation isn't about, this is necessarily about physical hunger. Hunger is just the vehicle at which Satan used to bring about the real temptation. The real temptation was an attack on his identity, right? The test to get him to obey the wrong voice, exactly how he did in the Garden of Eden with Adam, Adam and Eve, right? Did God really say, yeah, yeah, nah, he'll sow these seeds of doubt. So the devil isn't creative. He only takes what God made and distorts and perverts it. He lies and tries everything he can to get you into a place of disobedience, out of God's alignment, and into a place of sin. And then he's got you. So you might think that your surface hungers in life are the main thing, or my needs are the the main thing, but there's so much more beyond that. You see... The test was not Jesus being able to turn rocks into bread. Of course he could. He can go, I'm hungry, loaf of bread. Yeah, he's right. You know, the devil's right. I'm hungry. I could, yeah, I'm fine. I'm the son of God. I could do that. But he was on, he wasn't playing by the devil's rules. He turned water to wine, so of course he could do it. The test was whether or not he believed in what his father spoke over him. So my question to you guys today is this, and for me as well, is What are you filling your hunger with? Because we're all hungry in some shape or form in our life, right? We're hungry for purpose. We're hungry for affection. We're hungry for all these things. Do you fill that hunger in your soul with quick fixes like entertainment or jumping from relationship to relationship, dating, whatever it might be, alcohol, watching things you shouldn't be watching? Do you feel that hunger only to find out at the end of all of it is just a bowl of rocks? It's not the actual bread of life that you're looking for. So that brings us to our second point. If you're led by the Spirit, God will satisfy your spiritual hunger. Amen? Amen. 
we come to the second temptation. In Matthew 4, 5 through 7, the devil then took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up in their hands so you won't even hurt your foot against a stone. So do you see how crafty and manipulative the enemy is here? When it comes to temptation, it's not necessarily one and done. Maybe you've noticed this in your life. It's not like you have one temptation come your way to do something and fall short. And then you're like, nope, in Jesus' name, I'm standing firm. And you're like, okay, it's done. He he left. No, he's going to try to come at you in a different way while you're still vulnerable. Exactly what Christ was in the wilderness. Satan quotes a verse about God, what God will do to protect his precious son, And the way he's twisting this verse around, which he often does, is making it come across like the promise to Jesus that can only be true if Christ tests it out and proves his father at his word. You guys hearing me? Say, yeah, go ahead. See See if angels will come and swoop down and rescue you and all that stuff. And that would be the lust of the flesh. Jesus would be able to say, hey, I am the son of God. Look at me, big spectacle, all that kind of stuff. So the enemy is trying to get Jesus to prove himself to himself that he has power to turn rocks into bread. Now he's trying to get him to prove himself to other people by showing how powerful he is and calling, and calling, uh, calling God out on his word. So I just love how Jesus isn't playing by the devil's rules, don't you? And neither should we. Neither should we. When he presents things in front of you to, you have needs, you have hunger, you have all this stuff, what's the big deal? It's like, no, the big deal is, is that's not what God's word says. That's not what my father in heaven spoke over me or told me. That's not who I am. Not playing by your rules. Jesus was being led by the Holy Spirit, standing on the foundation that he was the Son of God with whom the Father uh, is well pleased with, and he will not engage in a manipulative test against his Father's faithfulness and goodness, right? And we shouldn't engage with the enemy in this manipulative test. Well, I wonder if this, if I speak this word, this will happen. Poof. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's only one thing that we can test the Lord in. And that's with our tithes. Everything else, you take him at his word. Okay? So how does Jesus respond to the enemy this second time? Of course, with the word. He says, Matthew 4, 7. Jesus responded, the scripture also says, you must not test the Lord your God. So temptation always has two parts. We're going to shift gears here a little bit. Temptation always has two parts. There's one, to doubt the truth and believe the lie, okay? And then to take action on that lie. The first is more critical than the second because if the devil can tempt you into doubting and and believing the lie, then he can get you to take action upon it and therefore sin. 
and then you open up the door for all kinds of garbage. However, say however, victory over temptation also has two parts. That's a good word right here. Two parts of victory over temptation. You believe the truth and expose the lie. And then you take action on the, on the truth. The devil wants you to doubt the truth, believe a lie, take action on the lie. But the Holy Spirit, if you're being led by the Holy Spirit, you believe the truth and expose the lie and take action on the truth. And that leads us to our point three. If you are led by the Spirit, you can recognize truth and expose lies. Amen? Amen. So let's just do an exercise real quick. Let's close our eyes. Holy Spirit, you are the Spirit of truth, and you lead us into all truth. Everyone in here is hungry for more of you, hungry for truth, hungry for purpose. And your word says, Lord, that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. So, Lord, I pray that you would show each person here, and you pray too, what lies am I believing about? What lies am I believing, Lord? Show me the lies I'm believing about you, about myself, about others. Do you feel like you've gotten something? Raise your hands if you feel like the Lord showed you something. Okay, we've got several. Right on. Okay, now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to us your truth about that. Whisper your truth. Do you feel like the Lord spoke truth to you in that moment? If not right now, then we're definitely going to have some time at the end because I want to go after more with you guys and and because and I, I do believe that God wants to uh, to move powerfully. The third temptation. You may open your eyes. <laughs> Matthew chapter 4, verse 8 through 11. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. So imagine with me, Jesus has to be really tired at this point. Fasting 40 days, no food, nothing. But not only that... He's been doing spiritual warfare with the devil himself. Like, I don't know if you've ever done any spiritual warfare or have battled in prayer for anything like that. How many of you take naps when you go to church, go home from church on Sundays? (laughs) I, I don't know why, but like, well, I do know why now. But for a long time, I was like, why am I always so tired after church? Well, because Judah goes first. And I'm leading worship. That's spiritual warfare. And there's a lot going on in this environment, folks, right? There's souls being encouraged in the Lord, and there's a battle over souls in the heavenlies between angels and demons. And so you better believe that Jesus 
wasn't exempt from that. Even though he was the son of God, as a man, he had to do spiritual warfare. And this is what he was doing. He succeeded twice. But here we see the enemy go for the top shelf of what he always wanted for himself. Worship. Before he fell, his name was Lucifer. And he was in heaven as the one of the archangels. He was a worship leader, the most beautiful angel. And near perfect. But he got prideful and was like, look at me. Look at me. I'm amazing. I deserve worship. I will set my throne above the most high. And it speaks to that in Ezekiel 28, 12 through 17, and Isaiah 14. God's not having that. Neither is Jesus. He would tempt Jesus by giving him back the world that was given to him. Adam and Eve gave up the earth when they disobeyed God's word in the beginning. And they, and they ate of the fruit. Then Satan got control of that, right? So this is why Jesus came, was to redeem that which was lost. That's the good news, right? So he saw through this deception, and he exposed the truth from the word of God, and he says this in Matthew 4. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away. (laughs) Hit him right between the eyes with truth. If you're led by the Spirit, the word of God is your weapon and strength. So we see... In the beginning of this, this uh, when, we, when we started, Jesus was baptized. He came up out of the water and received an infilling of the Holy Spirit. He was affirmed by God the Father that he, was the, that he was his son. He was led by the Spirit then into the desert to be tested. Tempted three times by the enemy with the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And Jesus succeeded in all three of those, overcoming all three of those. Then he comes out of the desert, and here we go. He comes out of the desert in the power of the Spirit. Say power. Power. Come on, say power. power. Here we go. He comes out of this crazy spiritual warfare and trial and test in the power of the Spirit. And that's what it says in Luke 4.14. I just find that so interesting because he starts out getting filled with the Spirit. And and who in here, you're filled with the Spirit. When you receive Christ, he breathed his Spirit into you. You became a new creation. You have the Holy Spirit. But I think there's something that happens when you face these difficulties when you are led by the Spirit through the process of preparation and you're obedient, then you come out of whatever that is, that desert season, in the power of the Spirit to do what He's called you to do. Do you want that? So, 
as we've been as we've been going through this, I have to believe that some of you in here are in a desert season yourself. You might find yourself going through, I've had all the encounters. I got a prophetic word. I've got all these things. I, I, I feel like I've I've experienced God in a powerful way, only then to come to a place of dryness. Or I, I don't feel like I have the fire for God anymore. Or I don't feel like I know what my purpose is anymore, and I feel like I'm wandering in this desert season. Those hunger pains are obvious. You can feel those spiritual hunger pains, those, those physical hunger pains that I, I want to get out of this. And maybe you're, maybe you're still in there, and you're filling your life up with all kinds of quick fix things to numb yourself but you still have that hole in your soul that only God can fill, that only the Spirit can fill. So I want to remind you and exhort you, we're going to go into a, a, a time of prayer in a few minutes and worship, because that's just, that's just who I am. <laughs> that's just who I am. And I just love that we're such a worshiping church, Amen. You guys just came alive, and when we, when we push beyond some of our reservations and we praise, it just felt like the ceiling went pop, opened up, and God started pouring out this joy. We offer up sacrifices of praise sometimes because praise will get you through it. Praise, praise breaks through. You don't always have to wait to feel it. David had to tell himself, why are you so downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God alone. So, I want to remind you that you are a child of God. And the Father has called you to His divine purpose. If you feel like throwing in the towel today, if you're sitting here and you're like, eh, it's not worth it, all this struggling. Let me just try to find the easy way out and, you know, I'll scale back my intensity in life going after God because it just seems like it's too hard. Don't quit. Don't give in to those thoughts of doubt that the enemy is sowing. Don't give in to, eh, turn this rock into a loaf of bread. Fill that hunger with this. Chase after success. Jesus showed us true success is obedience to God. The Spirit of God is leading you through to the next season. So that's how we need to be looking at this desert season. You still with me? See your desert season as preparation for what God is calling you into. Because in this season, you're learning perseverance. You're learning to put your trust in God's timing, right? Oh, there we go. Timer. Perfect timing. You're learning? See that? Learning to put my trust in my timer. No. Remember what I said a little while ago, that this desert season is not only preparing you, but God is also preparing the circumstances around you. So when you step out of the desert, you're like in the power of the Spirit, ready to accomplish great things for God. And who of you wants to do that? Are you called according to His purposes? Can he work out all things for the good? Yes, he can, and he will.
Adrena, won't he do it? <laughs> he will do it. <laughs> so I just want to, again, encourage you not to lose heart, but to believe in the Word of God. Not just hear it, do it, experience it, go after it. You are his precious sons and daughters. One other thing I'll add before we, we go into it, and if I could invite the band up, that would be marvelous. Jesus was able to endure what he endured in the desert because he was filled with the Holy Spirit, right? I don't know the specific address, but um, in, in the Word it says, are you now trying to finish in the flesh what God began in the Spirit? I've done that like a hundred times where it's like, okay, God, thank you so much for this purpose, divine purpose. You're amazing. Your love's awesome. I got it from here. Thank you so much. And we try to finish the work of God in our own lives, in our own style, in our own timing, and try to rush his will. But it's like, you have some things to do <laughs> in the desert first before you, can, before you can come out of that in the power. So don't... We, it's a microwave culture, but the kingdom is way opposite of that. It's, it's beyond crockpot. <laughs> it is slow cooker. But a taste of his goodness, right? So what I want to do, we're just going to go over the points really quick. So the first point. is if you are led by the Spirit, expect opposition from the enemy. If you're led by the Spirit, God will satisfy your spiritual hunger. If you're led by the Spirit, you can recognize truth and expose the lies the enemy has spoken over you. And if you're led by the Spirit, the Word of God is your weapon and strength. Stand with me, if you will. What I want to what I want to do is invite you if you are going through a desert season or not yet you might be or you're coming out of it and you know yeah this is true you need the infilling of the holy spirit you need the baptism of the holy spirit if you are to do what God has called you to do you cannot do it in your own strength you have to do it with his strength. So I want to invite you, if you want a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, come down front here and line up. And I want to pray for you that you will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit or just a fresh infilling so that you can do what God is calling you to do, so that you can endure a desert, the desert season you might be going through that he'll help you change your perspective. So as we, uh, as we worship, come on down to the front here. I'll invite the prayer teams if there's prayer teams in here. John's out. Uh, Mark's out. Gary's out. So you're stuck with me, folks. No, we're having a good time. I, I felt like the Lord 
wanted to do something in, in a lot of your hearts today, if it's just simply experiencing his presence in such a powerful way, then that is enough, right? All right, let's pray and come down front. Lord, we're here to meet with you. Come and have your way. You told me before I, I stepped up here that you are our ministry partner and that we're going to get some work done today on people's hearts. He wants to perform heart surgery. He wants to touch hearts and fill you up to overflowing, that the, you would know that God loves you, that you would know that he has called you, and whatever you've faced in your life, he could turn it around and make it good. Amen? All right. Go ahead and lead us. Okay. If I could get a couple people to kind of follow behind the person I'm praying for or behind these people that we're praying for, that would be amazing. And so the worship team is going to worship as we're praying. But if you got a lot out of today, just go and be the salt and the light of the earth. Feel free to stick around and worship. Come up for prayer. Online community, thanks for joining us. We love you. We appreciate you uh, for tuning in. And I hope you were encouraged by today. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen.